I am Jim Collison and live from the Gallup campus here in Omaha, Nebraska. This is Gallup's Builder Talent Tuesday, Season 1, recorded on June 20th, 2017. Builder Talent Tuesday is a Gallup webcast series that dives deep into the Builder Profile talents, one talent at a time, and today's talent is Delegator. If you have questions, comments, contributions during this webcast, we do have a live chat room that's available for you right below the main video window down. If you just look, we'd love to have you join us in. There's nine or so, nine or so of you in there now, and there's uh, oh, nine of you watching, so perfect. But if you join us, we would love to have you jump in the chat room. Bottom left-hand corner, it says log in. Choose the guest account. Put your name in where it says guest. Hit submit and you will be in there. You can ask us questions live. If you've got questions, uh, if you're watching the recorded version, you have questions about custom strengths, coaching solutions for small, medium, and large organizations or anything BP10, you can send us an email, coaching at gallup.com. Don't forget to visit the Gallup Strength Center, gallupstrengthcenter.com for all your Clifton Strengths coaching resources and training needs. And you can also catch the video now, downloadable audio and, uh, and video, actually, for offline uh, viewing and listening if you'd like to. It's all available on our coaches blog, Actually, a lot of stuff going on in the coaches blog. You might want to follow along out there and bookmark it, coaching.gallup.com. Micah Librant is our host today. Micah is a workplace consultant here with Gallup. And Micah, always good to be with you on a Builder Talent Tuesday. Just glad we have power. Welcome. Thanks, Jim. I'm glad you have power too. Thanks. Glad everybody's okay. And of course, our our, our best vibes to those people still waiting on power. Um, hey, did you know this is number nine of 10 themes? We are diving into Delegator. We've almost made it through all 10. We are getting close, and uh, by Summit, we will have all 10 done and packaged up and ready to go, but we got two more to go, so let's dive in. All right, so the delegator theme is a fantastic one. I think it has a certain amount of magic to it, as they all do, but I'm really in love with this one because um, it, it's not super high on my list, so I might even be that much more impressed and inspired and in awe of it um, for that reason. People especially talented in the delegator theme can trust power and empower others to help grow their business. Uh, they know that their employees do best and they know what they do best and how they do best. And they're really great at marrying the what and the how with the people. Uh, they can relinquish control and focus on growing the business. I think especially when you're thinking about entrepreneurship, that um, that necessity to shift from I own it, I do it all, it's all my vision to I now entrust others with this sort of ownership can be a difficult uh, switch to flip for a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of builders. People with the, the delegator theme naturally go there. And so it's, it's such a beautiful talent when you think about that. Where does this theme get its power and edge? Well, those with high delegator talent recognize that growing a business requires that shift from a do-it-yourself style, which is helpful in the early stages, to a handing it over to others style. And that's incredibly necessary if the business is going to grow. So they're willing to relinquish control. They're willing to hand over authority, which in many cases can include willing to hand over decisions and decision making. Um, they're willing to hand over certain tasks to others because they notice the talent in others. They notice how they can perhaps arrange the best people in the best places to really utilize the, the best of their own abilities in order to think about, hey, there might be a partner here who's better equipped to handle this than I can. And that in turn sows seeds that, that I think reap the benefits of, of being able to do more together than you ever could on your own. What does this talent look like in action? What kind of behaviors might you see when you come across a great builder with high delegator talent? Well, you might see that readiness, that eagerness to say, I don't have to do it at all. 
Um, it sounds in, in many cases very different from the theme of independence, although you absolutely could possess both of them in, in your top four. Um, it's, it's being able to delegate authority, being able to trust the responsibility of others. It's also being proactive about setting up collaborative relationships. So being the first person to say, hey, I noticed that you do something incredibly well. How can we partner together and do something even better together than we could alone? It's recognizing and drawing on those abilities of others. In many ways, it is a talent to be able to notice um, perhaps a talent that other people don't notice in themselves, to be that first person who plants the seed of saying, I think you can be excellent at XYZ, and follow that up by giving that person an opportunity to show that excellence, to demonstrate their specialty or their, ex or their expertise. It's also ensuring that team members can become effective contributors. So finding ways to give others a platform to contribute, a platform to share ideas and opinions, and a platform to really do the work. I think those with high developer understand the need for diverse talents. Um, maybe the opposite of this is thinking that we all uh, that that I've got that I've got all the right stuff, and that if I could just have ten of me, we'd be fine. Which, to be totally honest, is a completely normal human reaction to a lot of things, especially when you're talking about growing a business that you own and love. Um, but those with high delegator talent are very quick to say there is there are skills, there are experiences, there are opinions out there that I don't have. And that if I try to have it all and be it all, I'm never going to be great at really what I can offer. So those with high delegator talent can really be the first person to say a diversity of opinions, a diversity of talents is truly how we're going to grow beyond where we are. There's a lot of forward thinking, a lot of, um, I think, perspective in delegator because of that. It means that you can see things that perhaps others can't because they haven't happened yet. It's, it's um, quite a little bit about seeing uh, opportunity and potential. They work on the business rather than in the business. They recognize that that shift to being able to empower others versus doing it all. Um, and they're willing to, to give over authority for certain tasks. In many ways, I think you can summarize the delegator talent by saying they have mastered the art of inspiration and the art of delegation. Now let's talk slightly about where that could lead and maybe how do you make the most? How do you invest in that so that it doesn't lead to any blind spots? One of the potential blind spots, and I've got three blind spots here. The first two almost sound contradictory to each other, but in coaching uh, builders and entrepreneurs with, um, with Delegator, I found that this really can run the, the swing the pendulum and run the spectrum of different blind spots. So the first one is you could delegate tasks, but not ownership meaning you you almost partially delegate you're very quickly to very quick to say i need somebody to hit these milestones it might be harder for you to truly give up ownership of something larger think about this as the difference in running a team versus really running an organization are you delegating a task or are you delegating say a department uh, because those can feel like very different um, needs that you need to be able to met to meet in order to invest in this and, and avoid that kind of blind spot of partial delegation, set milestones, um, monitor and ensure progress so that you really can let that ownership go. And that also will help you talk about what does success look like so that you can really trust uh, the folks that you're dealing with in order to own um, other pieces of your organization. The other blind spot, and this is where I mentioned this is going to sound almost like the opposite, is you could assign projects sort of without check-ins, um, and that can be risky. 
Um, you could be too quick to delegate. Um, so make sure that you have a feedback system for monitoring progress and that you're practicing and sharpening your ability to give feedback. That when you delegate something, it doesn't just go completely away, but that you ensure to the people, you ensure to your collaborators that you still have a stake in the game and that they're not off on their own. Um, so again, to invest in that piece, find the best way that you communicate frequently and naturally. Are you somebody who needs think time before you give feedback? Are you somebody who needs one-on-one -on -one formalized conversations? Are you somebody who can do this on the fly and who makes it a habit anytime you grab coffee that you're really talking about a specific project? Talk about the end success and not just the success of the task. The third blind spot we have is you could assign too quickly without giving context because the delegation is so obvious to you. It's it's easy to see these moving pieces happen in your own brain and spit out the answer of who to delegate what to, and it, it, that could that could lead to not explaining quite enough of what does success look like or why did I choose you for this opportunity. Um, in many cases, delegation is an opportunity to grow the talents of others. But you can jumpstart that if you make sure that you tell somebody why you chose them, what it is about their talent that you feel like makes them a great fit. Keep in mind, you might be seeing potential in others that they don't see in themselves. And if you don't make that explicit, you miss the opportunity to really harness that talent. Have a delegation process. Figure out what works for you, what works for your organization, and, and figure out a way that you can create a process and stick to it. In the long run, that's going to build employee capacity, and it's going to save you time. So invest a little bit in figuring out the very best way that you can even just go about assigning tasks to others. Um, do you need to be more collaborative in nature about that? Do you need to be more authoritative in the way that you delegate? It's going to depend on your other themes. It's also going to depend on the nature of your organization. But if you can commit to having a predictable process, I think you can create a lot of stability, a lot of trust, and uh, speed up the ownership that other people are taking of their part of the puzzle. Just a few things. Um, we talk around BP10 around what might be some possible areas of coaching for uh, leaders or builders with these talents. On, on Delegator, first, it is around identifying what to delegate. So one of the things you want to think about if you've got high delegator talent is what, uh, so to look at the opposite, what do you absolutely have to own? What can you absolutely not delegate to somebody else? Being very clear around that. That also looks at what are the opportunities that you can share with others? What can you delegate? Second, identify whom you're going to delegate to. So who are your most trusted partners, your best collaborators? Also think who are perhaps some of those up-and-comers who need the opportunity to own something. Number three, take time to ensure that everyone is set up for success. So rather than there might be certain people who you're delegating something to and they don't realize it's being given to them, ask yourself, what means go? What means ownership for each individual that you're working with? Um, for some, it might mean that you need a deadline. For others, it might mean that they need some time to think and come back and say, yes, I've got this. And here's what success looks like to make sure we're on the same page. Next, allow your employees to perform. And in some cases, this might mean having a little bit of patience, um, allowing them to 
really do things in their own way can take um, it can take the assumptions you've made about what the best way is to proceed and bend them completely backwards and twist them. So remember, if you can focus on the outcomes, then you can allow people to get to those outcomes based on how their talents best make sense of the problem. Uh, but in order to do that, you've got to be very clear about what does success look like in the end. Think about what measurable outcomes you might have. Um, if you're delegating a large task that's really high risk, think about what measurable milestones you have in between the beginning and, and sort of your end of the project. Also think about ways that you can get really great at giving feedback. Very often we think about feedback only as being critical, um, as being sort of corrective. Uh, feedback also falls under that umbrella of praise and recognition. And I think it's really important that we realize that praising somebody, recognizing them for a job well done. The purpose of that is not just to make them feel better. Um, if our goal was to make our employees feel better, we'd just have lattes every day. Uh, really, the, the goal of positive feedback is to help people understand what success looks like. So sharpen your skill in, in giving both critical and positive feedback to folks. And finally, think about how you can use your network um, for, for human resources needs. Uh, what are your talents and skills? What roles and resources do you need from other people? And what kind of a network do you have to reach those? Depending on where you are in your organization or your business, if you're starting up something completely new from scratch, you might be looking to acquire talent. And if you've got high delegator, chances are you're looking for diverse talent. Remember that um, when we think about talent, we think about recruiting. Talent likes to hang with talent. So um, you know, look look just uh, not just to your own network, but the network of the people within your organization, really to find great opportunities and other people who can help spread what you want to do into into a larger audience, um, a bigger customer base, and and really make more of what you can do together versus what we can do on our own. That's my overture on Delegator. I hope I give you lots of notes to take on that companion guide. Um, I've tried to stay pretty true just to what Delegator looks like. And now it's my pleasure to bring in our guest. Today, our guest really is an expert in entrepreneurship. Uh, Doris Lux is joining us today from Columbus, Nebraska. Doris, welcome to the program. Thank you. Hey, Doris, can you tell us before we dive into Delegator just a little bit about what you do? Uh, certainly. I'm, I am a business coach. I work for Central Community College. I'm the director of the Entrepreneurship Center. So I, I work with about 24, 25 uh, businesses on a regular basis. Some of them are in-house. Most of them are, uh, they have their own locations. And um, delegation to getting startup businesses going is, um, is, is critical. Excellent. So I noticed your top four BP10 themes are disruptor, delegator, determination. You've got the, the triple D right there at the very top and relationship there at number four. What a beautiful combination. Um, in your words, what, what does delegator really mean? Delegator, uh, what I used to teach in a business program and I'd say, well, delegator means, and I give the old definition of, you know, uh, providing the opportunity for others. And then everything that you said, I, I started taking that to heart and thinking, okay, I do need to, uh, you know, if I'm going to teach it that you need to uh, be able to uh, give, uh, and some people say give up, you know, some of your 
responsibilities, some of your duties. I don't consider it giving it up. I, I look at it that I'm helping people develop. And so I think delegator is uh, a developing uh, others to uh, be part of a team and have take that responsibility. It sounds like there's a lot of uh, teamwork, a lot of collaboration, a lot of shared work uh, and perhaps shared success within the delegator theme. Um, can you think about a time that that's really shown up for you or where does, what does it really look like in your world? I certainly can. I have had several businesses and always worked full time with the college. So it almost became uh, a must to uh, delegate that uh, management of that store or that business to somebody and um, not a, and I wasn't in the store so you know I had to rely on them uh, to handle it and so that helped me train others but it helped train myself to uh, be able to give up or to offer that opportunity to others it's part of learning also to read people you know if you uh, assign somebody um, you know this is uh, an opportunity for you and you get the deer the head uh, deer in the headlights uh, mm -hmm. look uh, they're probably not on the same wavelength as you are in that delegation opportunity uh, I've had um, just in the past uh, year, I had an assistant, uh, and I always try to, you know, the, there, there's not a, a hierarchy in our office. We all are there to uh, work with and, and do different responsibilities. And she says, I don't want you to delegate anything to me. And I go, okay. So this, so then we sit down and talk about it. And her definition or her thinking of delegating was, you know, you give me tasks to do and I do them and once we start I started working with her on you know this is your responsibility you do it the way you want to do it um, you know she steps up and 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 is does a very fine job now but it, it's helping people understand the difference between assigning tasks and giving them the actual control over you know some project or activity it sounds like it's the difference in, it sounds like what you do in place of that task really matters. You know, if I'm giving you a task so that I can go home and sit on the couch, it's very different than I'm giving you a task because I think you're a great match for it. Um, when you're delegating, what does that free you up to do? Well, we're, we all have our own talents and our own skills. And so that's what I look at when I assign uh, a task to someone that they, you know, they have the skills and capability of doing that. And then that frees me up to doing what I do well. You know, and that in my situation, you know, that frees me up to uh, have more time to spend with coaching, you know, some of my mentors. Mentee. Like that. It almost sounds like a, uh, like, like opportunity costs that I learned about in economics class. You spend more time doing what you do really well versus trying to do everything that other people might do. Exactly. In the, in the overture, I mentioned having a process for delegating. Do you have something that works for you or maybe a, like a, con a way of approaching a, a delegation that, that people tend to pick up really well? Well, the process, I, I have everybody that in my office do the, the BP-10, you know. Okay. We do that. 
and then I look at what their talents are, and um, I look for, you know, I think achievers make good uh, delegate ease um, because they are wanting to achieve more. And whether they use that term or they use other terms, um, that I think that's a key. Now, can you create uh, people to um, become more of a uh, attainable or achievable? Yeah, I think so. I think you can, you know, again, it's kind of like the coach in Nebraska. You, you have the football coach that sits on the side, that stands on the sidelines, and he has trained that quarterback well enough uh, to be a, his delegation that, you know, the coach, the, I'm sorry, the uh, quarterback makes the decisions of the plays. Or you have the coach that sends in the plays every time. Um, he's not a delegator. You know, that's, that's how I view the difference. And I don't know much about sports, but I do know in Nebraska that there's a different winning record with one of those coaches than the other one. <laughs> okay. Can we expand on that style a little bit? Because Rhonda had asked in, in chat, you know, so a delegator doesn't care how it gets done, just that it gets done. And I, I actually think there may be a couple different styles of have how we delegate. Some Sometimes we are going to turn that over and we're going to carefully watch and, and see where it goes and provide some feedback. And there may be some folks who turn it over and say, just do it your own way. Doris, any thoughts for your particular style? Do you, do you kind of turn it over and let it go? Do you kind of monitor it along the way? Is it a hybrid between the two? Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, Jim, the, I view it from the perspective of the, the person that you're delegating to. If, if they have shown through other delegation opportunities that they can take it and run with it, then I back off and I, I see them at the end. Uh, but if you're just developing a person, uh, then that's probably not a good idea because what's going to happen is, you know, two weeks from now and you say, well, how's things going? You know, you get this look like, oh, you, you wanted something, what? And so it, it really depends on who you're working with, uh, whether you can, you know, turn them loose and let them go. And, you know, my, my boss did that and does that to this point. I, you know, when you said I had the three Ds, uh, I come up with a new idea and I said, I think we ought to try this. And he just shakes his head, you know, oh, go for it. You know, if, if you don't have a person at that level, uh, then you're going to have to kind of guide them through the process. So a lot of it depends on the person. And, and I've gotten burned that, you know, I thought they were there and, and you check on them and, and they're about halfway where they should be. You know, and you go, oh, well, okay, I need to step back and, and this work together a little bit more. So do you let them fail first and then adapt or do you let them, do you kind of guide them along watching where they go and once they, they show success, let them go? Do you, do you see the difference in two and that, um, the, in those two styles? How do you kind of approach that? Uh, I approach it that if you talk to my boss, he would say, uh, you won't see Doris until the job is done. Uh, and that's because the person's ready. You know, so I, I'm more of a, you know, stay back and I observe and let them go. If I see they're, they're struggling, then I'd step in. But I, I'm more of a, you know, I, I assign it to you. It's yours. 
Yeah, and I am too. I, I, I kind of follow that same similar style. And it is a maximizer, which I know you have as well. Sometimes I get frustrated that I let that happen, you know, because you got to let them fail in the process. And you're like, oh, I could have done this or I could have delegated this differently. You don't know what you don't know. And so you don't know whether they're going to succeed or fail. So it is one of those, for me as a leader, it's one of those things I have to catch myself on and say, okay, Jim, you, you started a style this way. You got to let them either succeed or fail on their own and failure is going to happen from time to time. And I just had this happen yesterday to me yesterday afternoon. And so it was an interesting, all night I went home thinking, oh, I could have done that so differently, but no, right. It's part of the, it's part of the mm-hmm. process that you follow to allow them to kind of fail forward. If we're going to say it in that way, right. Fail to get to a place. I love Micah, you said earlier, the art of inspiration and it, right. Uh, Doris, do you find that you're kind, of, you're kind of, you give people a chance to do something maybe they didn't even think they could do and be inspired by it? Do you have any stories of that where you, you delegated it thinking, hey, this may or may not work, but they succeeded? Absolutely. The, uh, you know, working with startup businesses, they, you know, they are apprehensive. I, I just had one the other day that, I don't know if I can do this. And, you know, it's been about a year now that he's been in business and he comes back. And, of course, we've been in contact in between. But uh, he comes back. He says, I I did it. You know, I did it. You know, I'm I'm glad you you pushed me out of the nest. And I go, well, you know, I don't don't know if I delegated it, you know, tasked to you to push you out of the nest. But that's how he felt. And um, he felt like he, he he was successful. He was a, he accomplished uh, the task that was in front of him. I like this idea of using delegator in your coaching um, because it, it's it so often sounds more like it's task oriented. Like in your own business, you have a project and you delegate pieces of it. How does delegator show up for you when you're coaching businesses that you don't have a hand in? Uh, and oh, it does all the time. the uh, The one thing about coaching. Uh, startup businesses or businesses that may have been in business for a short period of time. There's a good example. I I work with um, uh, new uh, new people in the United States. Okay, they have not been here very long, and sometimes language is a barrier. And they come to me and they go, okay tell me what I need to do. <laughs> and so, okay. <laughs> I find uh, that sure. happens even when language isn't a barrier. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, and they come back and they say, we want to do it right. So you tell, tell me what I need to do. Well, uh, first of all, I say, you know, you probably need to take some training and, and the paperwork, here's what you need to do. Well, you know, their first response is, uh, well, will you will you fill out the I nine? Will you fill out the uh, tax, you know, form? That you know, will you do this? And my response is, uh, I think this is part of the learning that you need to learn. Mm-hmm. And so I delegate it right back to them, uh, and they they come back and they go, oh, okay. But yeah, that coaching, you know. I suppose you could use different terminology, but you're actually delegating them to take responsibility of starting their business. Wow. Does that ever feel risky? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I could do it, and then I know it's done right. You know, <laughs> that's, the, that's the, 
the old cliche of why people don't delegate, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, because no one could do it like I'm going to do it. How do you manage right. that that risk feeling? <laughs> and and it is a risk feeling. Um, right now, I have a 92% success rate of businesses staying in business that I've coached. And so I'm thinking, you know, when somebody new comes in and, and maybe a little shaky, I go, okay, you know, I don't literally, but probably in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, are they going to risk my 92%? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I love this though, because that's a fantastic example of what we talked about as giving yourself some check-ins, some milestones. Perhaps your scorecard is those check-ins and milestones. And let me differentiate, though. I think there are some, you know, our risks, at least my risks are training risks, right? I train software developers young to become, you know, to work in our environment and those kinds of things. You're, you have entrepreneurs. Um, Doris, what do you think about some situations, though, where delegation could be a life or death situation when we think about in the in the healthcare field or some of those where it may be you know, it, deleg, the, delegating that job to someone else could be at risk in a life or death scenario. Does that make any difference? Do you think that for people who work in those areas, do they have to come at it differently? Because certainly you don't want to just send somebody out on, a, on an, an emergency call and say, well, why don't you insert the IV this time? And I know that's an extreme example, but do you think it's different for people who work in, in different fields where that delegation has a higher, and I'm not saying, you know, entrepreneurship and starting new business isn't a high risk, but in these areas where they're working with people, do you think it's any different? Okay. I think the core of delegating uh, is the same regardless of how serious that the issue might be, the risk might be the the core of delegating does not change. Um, Obviously, you know, taking life into your hands, you know, certainly, you would think think about you know how to do that, but you know in the health occupation you train and you train and you train and and then you have to let them put that IV in. Um, but yeah, the the core of delegating definitely whether you're um, on the the football field, you know, driving a semi, doing a you know small business photo shoot, whatever, uh, that that risk is real. How? And, this is making me think about um, not just the job of delegating, but how much safety you have to create in order to make the delegee or the delegate pick up on what you're delegating. Do you, do you, is there an, an environment or a way that you can create that kind of assurance in somebody to know that it's safe, I can try this, I can do this? Absolutely. That is probably the, one of the key components in training uh, the delegate E, you, you do have to train them. You have to train them to uh, feel comfortable, feel safe, um, feel that you trust them and that you're not going to, you know, you know, slice their hand off if they don't do the, the way you want them to do it or if it doesn't work. Uh, you know, we fail as delegators and, you know, we have to make them feel comfortable that, you know, it's, it's okay. Failure is part of learning. And if it doesn't work, you know, it's not the end of the world. We'll try it again. You know, I'll catch you before, you know, you hit, you know, the safety net, you know, maybe before you actually hit the, the hard ground. You know, you're still going to fall, but I'll play softer. 
I love this because I think coming back to that misunderstanding with somebody in your office of I don't want you to delegate anything to me, I think what we're doing is we're helping people see how much thoughtfulness and strategy goes into being a delegator because you're not just thinking about what work can I give away, but you're thinking about how do I build trust that um, that people can fail, trust that I when I believe in you, it's for a reason, <laughs> trust that I, I really think you can do this. Uh, I was watching a a clip of a, a small business owner recently who said that they used to have um, monthly meetings where everybody had to come with a failed idea. And it was just one way of say, of building that kind of trust that it's okay for us all to share um, the ownership because it means we're all going to share the failure. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, in that trust is uh, you mentioned it in your clip at the beginning, recognize when they do a good job, tell them, you know, and you also mentioned uh, feedback and feedback is, is critical that they are willing to share that feedback and that it's not, uh, you, you mentioned, you know, telling them what they did right and what they did wrong. I look at it a little differently that I asked them, you know, how they felt, you know, how, you know, what they may have done differently if they had to do it over again, you know, what changes they'd make. Because they they can pick out those things they did right and wrong. And them seeing it, you know, helps build them. You're right. And it probably says a lot to your delegator that you're constantly thinking about how can I inspire ownership in other people, you know, to not have them have to come back to you to say, here's your score. <laughs> but to right. To grow that within them. Oh, gosh, there's, I feel like I'm learning so much. Um, Doris, when you think about your effectiveness as a delegator, are there things you do now that you wish you would have known earlier that make you a better? A absolutely. I would uh, probably do more in, in the training and development, that teamwork. Um, as you said, you know, one of my strengths was relationships. And so that, you know, building that relationship a little earlier. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm probably more uh, calm than I were, that I was, you know, when I was younger. And <laughs> I'm, you know, years add, adds to that as well. But working with people, um, when I first worked, you know, years ago, uh, not understanding, you know, people's traits as I do now, uh, not um, being a little bit more impatient than probably that now, um, you know, accepting people make mistakes, you know, and that's part of learning. So, yeah, I can, I have grown in delegating. It's good to hear that you can grow in that. And that's the idea, right, uh, is that we can continue to build these. Doris, I'm interested in your program, and I think listeners are as well. I'm interested in, in the structure of your program there at the community college, just how it's kind of laid out. If you were to encourage, if there were other coaches or people in, that were thinking of maybe starting something like what you're doing in their local community college, can you lay out that structure for me a little bit? Sure. The structure that we have at the community college is that we have a entrepreneurship center. And part of that is the 
trainings. So I do entrepreneurship workshops, uh, the basics that entrepreneurships uh, entrepreneurs need to know before they get into our program. So they have to go through the workshop first. Then um, oh, probably 80% of my time, uh, I spend actually with businesses, uh, guiding them, coaching them. Um, we always talk about uh, what they need to be working on. They, they help set that. So each meeting is um, uh, semi-structured. Do we hold to that all the time? No, because something comes up throughout the, the week or the month. Um, I had them commit to a three-year contract. Can they get out of that if they're ready to move on before that? Yes, but that shows the commitment. And then uh, they also have to meet with me once a minimum of once a month. Most of them meet with me, you know, at the beginning every week, every other day, and then you know, kind of wing them off of that uh, to uh, twice a month or once a month. And was this a program that was set up by the community college first in anticipating um, th th this need, or was this something that you kind of stumbled into? How did that work? Okay, uh, a few years ago, uh, Dr. Tom Osborne, uh, as we know, uh, and he was at the House of Representatives at the time, and he uh, got six, all six of the community colleges together and said, look, if you don't help grow and develop entrepreneurs, uh, our small communities are going to die. And so that was our uh, start. We developed a, a certificate program. I went out to Massachusetts because uh, at that time they were uh, the forerunner of what I'm doing now and learned from them that you know, you have to start from ground up, which was, you know, kindergarten K through, you know, 16 grades. And so I did, the first thing I did was a middle school program, and I still do that in the summer. That's what I'm doing now. And then I do a high school program and then the college program. Um, all of it is designed that they will have a business up and running um, by the end of the, the program. And that sole purpose was to get uh, entrepreneurs to stay in or return back to those small communities and start, you know, start their businesses. Can you tell us a little bit more about the middle school program? Because I'm I'm so in love with this community focus of entrepreneurship as the, as the ultimate goal. But what does that look like if I'm in sixth or seventh grade? Absolutely. Uh, well, we're looking at. Uh, if you were in Nebraska, I'd invite you to our showcase Friday. I'll be there in a month. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a month, I'll be in Central City. So, yeah, come on over. I'll stop by. <laughs> okay. What we do is it's typically a, uh, a five-day program. We go through, uh, you know, I have an attorney talk to him about legal, insurance, the uh, accountant, the banker for financing. And we literally go through the process as they are starting a business. In the middle school, I have them do product, not service. In high school, they can do a service, but in middle school, they have to do they do a product. And so we talk about marketing and targeting. Um, I'm in Schuyler, Nebraska this week, and our target market is um, they are in a 
summer camp. And so their target market is youth. So their products have to be related that youth will want to buy them. In the other camps, you know, it's to the general public. So they can they can make be more uh, creative in thinking about products. But they come up with a product idea and we take it from scratch to finish. And on the last day of the camp, they actually have the product made and they sell it. Wow, that's fantastic. What kind of what kind of difference do you see this making? What are some of the effects that you've seen so far? A year ago, I had a young man that came up to me at uh, careers day at the college. And he said to me, you probably don't remember me. And I said, oh, yes, I do. I said, what are you doing? He says, I have my own business. I have a lawn service business. And he was a junior in high school. And I had him when he was in middle school. And he was so shy that he would not even talk to me. And the classroom teacher, I said, I don't think I'm getting through to this kid. And she said, oh, he'll, he'll be okay, I think. And he would not participate. He wouldn't talk. We did the showcase. He sold. And at the end of the showcase, I always give a certificate of accomplishments. And he made money. And I said, you made it. And he grinned from ear to ear. And he said, thanks. Wow. That's, you know, when we kicked off our BP10 series, I remember Rod Carr describing why we have this instrument. And he said, if if you've got great music talent, Juilliard will notice. If you've got great sports talent, Dr. Tom Osborne's team will, will notice. If you've got great entrepreneurship talent, I'm not sure we have a way to notice it. And Doris, you've created a way. You've created a way to, for us to notice it, but also for future business leaders to notice it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And for the, the young people themselves. Hmm. Yeah. A couple questions from the chat room. Andrea was asking, can you say the name of that organization on the East Coast again, that in Massachusetts that you worked with or that you modeled it over? It, it was a community college in Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, we'll look that up. I'll, I'll, I'll try and get that in there as well. And then how, are you, how specifically are you using BP10 in the programs that you're there? I imagine it varies from junior high to high school to college, but can you just quick kind of outline how you're using it? It's a first, BP-10 is a first assignment uh, that we go through. They go through it. And then we, I utilize um, if we work in groups. If they want to be a partner, a lot of times they'll want to be a partnership. And we take a look at those talents to, you know, do, do those talents match up? Are they, you know, talents that uh, complement each other? Are they talents that are going to kind of fight against each other? Um, Think, think about when you're dealing with suppliers, when you're dealing with customers, you know, you know what your talents, strengths are, you know, utilize those. Um, I, I'm a firm believer as uh, that I got it from Gallup that, uh, you know, you want to build on your strengths uh, and, you know, obviously you don't want to ignore your weaknesses, but, you know, find other people to, to, uh, handle those. And, and so I, I use BP 10 throughout the entire course in talking and discussing and helping them build to become an entrepreneur. Excellent. I'm curious about partnership. Now back to your delegator. Um, What kind of complementary partnerships do you look for when, when you think about a good partner for delegator? Achiever. 
<laughs> just something you can do. Of course, of course. What about what do great partners give you? What kind of leeway or space or or you know habits or structure do you feel like your best partners give you when they're when they're really honoring and making the most of your delegator talent? Oh, certainly, it gives me the opportunity to um, maximize my talents, and it gives me the opportunity to be a futurist. I, I, that's not quite the right term that Gallup uses, but. To, is it is that to see the big picture to, to think into the future what does that look like future thinker okay. yeah it okay. gives me time to you know what can we do next I love that. I love that because it helps me really, I think, understand Delegator a little bit more in that it's not just, again, sharing the work. It is freeing you up to to plant more more organizations, right. to start more things, to think about what else we can do. And to, to it, it, in many ways, Delegator is a forward moving engine. It is, you know, what else can we do? How, how can we how can we do this a little bit better? I hear a lot of your maximizer there as well, of looking for <laughs> what could be what could be even better than where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's always. Uh, I think delegating is always future thinking. We are kind of uh, up against our time. Any any final thoughts, Micah? Any final questions? I just want to thank Doris for um, for sharing Delegator with us. What I learned mostly was that Delegator is not just about executing. It's not just about getting work done smartly and more efficiently. It is about strategizing really thoughtfully. Um, so thank you for uh, for helping us understand that. Um, more than that, Doris, thanks for the work that you're doing um, for communities in my favorite state. <laughs> First, um, but but more importantly, for for communities really everywhere. Um, I think you um, are are doing a lot of educating and inspiring and delegating this these great opportunities, and that is what we hope to do with strengths with BP10 with coaching in general. Um, and you're you're living that every day. So thanks for doing what you do. Thank you. I, I enjoy it every day. Doris, great to have you on. Thanks for, for uh, working with us on the technology from, from that perspective. It's great to have you here as well. And um, thank you for all that you do. It's great to have, a uh, like Micah said, great to have somebody from the state of Nebraska just north of us um, here in the Omaha area. And fun to hear those stories. I do think there's a great opportunity, and I, and I want you to weigh in on this, just this thought uh, before you go. I do think it's a great opportunity to get pockets like we don't have to solve this problem alone. Uh, you you got some inspiration from from the you know from Massachusetts and you brought it to Nebraska. How would you encourage people if if they're thinking about doing this in their state? Um, how, what, any recommendations? You know, we had a state senator get started here, but any other thoughts or encouragement you'd give to people to help them get something started like this? Well. I, I do belong to an uh, international organization called Entra Ed. Uh, we have a website, and there's others of me around. Um, and I'm all, you know, I've gone to other states and helped them as well. So, you know, if they're interested, you know, I can do that too. Um, that sometimes it just helps to bounce it off, or, you know, we can correspond uh, electronically as well. Okay. Sounds good. Well, we'll just have them contact you if they have. What's the best way to do it? If someone want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to contact you? Probably my email. It's really easy. It's D for my first name, Lux, my last name, L-U-X, at uh, the college is C-C-C-N-E-B dot E-D-U. So it's D Lux at C-C-C-N-E-B dot E-D-U. 
Perfect. Awesome. And don't, uh, don't hesitate if you're listening. If you got some questions around that, we love to connect our guests together. And so it'd be great to have you do that. Doris, again, thank you for coming out and being a part of it today. Thank you. You, you got it. As we hear the school announcements over the last yeah. speaker, that's awesome. <laughs> and it's great that you were able to come in from the school that you're working in today. And it's, it's super inspirational to see programs like that go on. So thanks for doing that as well. We'll remind everyone to take full advantage of all the resources we have available at the Gallup Strength Center. Just gallupstrengthcenter.com. Send us your questions or comments if you'd like to be a guest blogger from our coach's blog, if you've got something to say. And Micah, could it even be entrepreneurial in nature? Would we take some of those things uh, on our Absolutely. Our, our goal in the coach's blog is either to help people understand more about strengths or about coaching or about both. Yeah. So if you've got some ideas, we'd like uh, some of those to be original. Uh, in other words, you haven't written them and posted them onto your own blog. But if you got some ideas, uh, put them in an email, send us some, send them to us, coaching at gallup.com, put guest blogger in the subject line, and that'll make it over to Micah so she can review it as well. And don't forget the coach's blog, coaching.gallup.com. I'll give you guys a secret. We're doing a little hackathon. My, my interns won't listen to this. So <laughs> we're doing a little hackathon this Friday. And so if you're available, uh, this Friday would be June, what is that? The 23rd. 23rd. And so if you want to be a part of that, I've thrown that in the Facebook group. Uh, we're, we're actually going to redesign one of the pages on the coach's blog. So we'd love to have you be a part of the voting that's going to go into that. So if you're interested in doing that, head over to the, the Call to Coach page on Facebook. If you're interested in becoming a Gallup Certified Strengths Coach or you got questions about BP10 courses that are coming up and available all around the country, you can get them on our courses page, just courses.gallup.com. And any questions, again, send them to that coaching site, coaching at gallup.com. And... We'd love to have you uh, come out for the final. I guess we have two. Is this, this was nine of 10, Micah? We got one more? Nine of 10. There's one more, and then it's the summit. And so we'd love to have you come out. Oh, by the way, cliftonstrengthsummit.com if you have questions about that. But we'd love to wrap this up with you as well. And we'll, excited, we'll look forward to the next BP10. And with that, we'll say goodbye, everybody. <laughs>